0: all right how's everybody doing welcome back to you don't know ball episode 32 here in the studio by myself today no guests no worries we still got a fun show for you guys still got hunter behind the camera i'm ready man we're gonna have a lot of fun so today we got in order for you guys we're gonna just go over some headlines right now you know stuff that's trending and then we're gonna kind of just scroll through some mock drafts just you know and, and not even just that we're also just as we do that we're also gonna give you guys kind of our favorite draft hot takes favorite landing spots for people things that could happen A whole lot of fun, a whole lot of crazy stuff. So we're just going to, yeah, just, you know, it's that time of the year draft season. We're all excited for the draft. It's just constant. You know, we're itching to just talk the draft. Let's just do it. Let's just have fun. Let's just talk about it constantly. That's what we got. That's whatever wants to do, man. So start off. The first headline we have today that we don't know that me and Hunter really want to talk about is the Texans. Because the Texans might be trading out of their second overall pick. And obviously the question then becomes, what does that entail? Who would be trading for this pick? Who would the Texans be potentially taking? Those are the two biggest questions. But I think I'm going to start with who would even possibly be thinking of moving up and taking this pick? So obviously, we know it could be a few teams. As if I look here, so hold on, let me pull up my little... If I'm, so Houston, I'm thinking teams that are likely and they could trade up. It could be the Colts, right? It definitely could be the Raiders. It could be the Falcons, that would be kind of a stretch, but possibly could be the Titans, very possible. And it, it, obviously it gets a little to be a little more of a stretch the further down we go, but there's a lot of teams that could be willing to trade up. And then but I think if I'm looking at this, and this is just what I think, you tell me what you think next year, Hunter, but like, if I'm looking at it, I'm thinking the teams that are most likely to shoot up would have to be, well, but that's also what makes it interesting is I was going to say Indianapolis, but then I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, If Indy shot up, almost is kind of like, would they be over this overdoing it almost because I don't know if you could sit here at four, the team that trades up, unless you know for sure are going to take your guy. But I don't know, because Indy's Indy's tough. I think that the teams that I think would really be looking to shoot up if is probably going to be Vegas. And this sounds crazy. It does. But it's I feel like it's so possible if Detroit loves someone and they're sitting there and they're and they're thinking like, you know. This this could be, especially if their guy falls from the number one overall to number two. That's the thing is you might, this might be a move. Do you think it's going to happen on draft day? Do you think it could happen beforehand?
1: Like, I think I've just been seeing this recently and there's a lot of things that could happen with it. I think anything with the Texans is going to happen draft day Um, because I could, like you mentioned, um, the Lions possibly going up. My thing is, like, I don't think the Colts are going to move. Because I think the Colts would have already moved if they are going to move. I think they're comfortable taking, like, the person that falls at four. And also, a big thing is, like, if the Texans don't trade out, let's just say they don't trade out, and they take Will Anderson at two, I mean, like, whoever trades in front of them is going to get Stroud or Richardson. So, then they have their pick of Levis, Or Richardson and Stroud. So they're getting like a top three quarterback in the draft sitting at four without giving up any draft capital if the Texans decide to just take Will Anderson. I actually feel like they're more likely to do that than trade out. But if they were to trade out, the Titans to me are like the number one team, in my opinion, that would trade everything they can to move out. To move up because... You can every time there's been a trade up discussion, the Titans have been mentioned, and you know that like they're starting their rebuild because Tannehill's not the guy, Henry's getting old. They have a new GM in there, like they have to start it somehow. Do I think they should take a quarterback this early into the rebuild? No, I think they should probably wait a year or two, get a tackle. But um, I I think the Texans will stay put. But if any team is going to make like an offer to actually make the Texans move out, I think anything that the Titans offer would have to be over the top. Because Vegas could offer that, you know, for sure No, cheaper. yeah, that is very true.
0: All very good points. And see, the thing is, because I didn't really mention it, I haven't even, I, I, I knew it, but I haven't even, like, the, considering it really, because it's, it sounds so ludicrous at the moment, but it's like, if the Texans don't take the QB and number two, and they just, they don't even trade it either, and they just take, you know, Will Anderson, it was who we think they would be going with. I, I don't see anything wrong with that either, because I'll say it like this. And you're getting, you'll know what I mean. If this was a franchise and I'm playing Madden and I'm knowing next year, I got Caleb Williams and Drake May coming out. I get it. Like you're you're not in any rush to get the QB necessarily now, especially because they know they're not going to win anything next no. year. It's not like the QB is going to be the the big move right off the bat. It's going to be the biggest of the rebuild, but it's not the big move that's going to push them into the stratosphere next year. It, the big move is going to be when they put it all together. They haven't put it all together. guys not even close. So this would be one of those times. And I would say build the trenches. This could be that perfect build the trench opportunity and we're you know a lot of people look at it like it's not the right move but uh, I would have no problem with it if it's what they did.
1: Yeah, and the thing is like the hit rate on quarterbacks like obviously the earlier you take a guy in the first round the higher their hit rate is but um technically like if you want to look at it like just getting the hitting on a quarterback like that's going to be a star is it's low even in the first round. So say Levis falls to 12, they can take him. Okay, the way I look at it too is they have the draft capital next year that if they truly want to move up and those guys aren't set on Caleb Williams because they a don't need a quarterback or two, the Texans offer them something ridiculous because they I think they still have another another first from the the Watson trade. I no, find. they do. Yeah, so like they use their two first that year to move up and then maybe a first after that just to get their guy. You know, you have Levis. Levis doesn't work out. You could trade him. There's going to be some team like that's a Trey Lance to, type of situation. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I think that could be a play for them is to get Levis at 12. No, yeah. And like, and it's just because the more I think about this, truly, when I first heard this and that weren't
0: thinking about taking quarterback, I'm kind of like, what are they possibly thinking? And I was on that train. Like, what's going on here? But even the more we talk about it now, with a guy like Willie A, like <laughs> with a guy like Will, you know you're getting basically as long as he stays healthy, like a perennial all pro. And like yeah. you said, it's like, I might be getting. A, a maybe like a future pro bowl or all pro maybe with then a QB after that, but you're not very sure. And it's like, right. what's the point in taking it when this is the pick
1: that you have to hit on? Like this, this is the one you really got to hit on. Right. And are you all that confident that that team is going to help him succeed at this point? That's a big part is like you, you are throwing that quarterback into the fire and similar to the Titans. They like, cause my, my look at when I look at the Texans, the last two years, uh, they haven't built anything no like the last few years have been a wash to me so it's like similar to kind of like the titan situation where it's like are you throwing a quarterback in the mix too early and that's why levis at 12 i feel like is a better option than taking that guy too because if he crashes and burns take Caleb williams next year and you're still in year two of your rebuild
0: no i mean and it's it's honestly a way better option and again do I think this is going to happen? Absolutely not. But again, it's it's fun draft day, and we're just throwing out random things. So hey, let's let's throw out random things. If some way, somehow, a bunch of front offices aren't feeling Anthony Richardson, yeah. and he falls down to right there, wh- you know what I mean? If he yeah. falls down to you at twelve, you got to – I mean, I, that's it seems so unlikely at this point. It just really does. But like, if it happens, it's it's it happens, and that would be yeah. like, I feel like almost the prime situation for them
1: if. Okay, here's a here's an interesting hypothetical cuz I think like I think doing some hypotheticals for the draft because there's been so much like this person's going to go here. This was so like even though this year it feels random, but I feel like a lot of people are slotting certain players to teams. Okay, so say Anthony Richardson falls to 12, okay? And you don't love him. Say you have say you have the option of Richardson and Levis at 12. Do you think there's any chance that they, that the Ravens could trade up to take an Anthony Richardson and move on from Lamar, because if you move up, I know this is crazy. Like I probably sound very ignorant. No, this but, is this is. Little... But think about it. Like if you truly don't want to pay Lamar, and I know the OBJ sign it signals that Lamar is coming back, and I'm not saying I wouldn't resign Lamar, but if you could move up and get two draft picks for Lamar. You're kind of loading up for the year after and you have a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract that you took at 12. That you took it you took right, he was 12. In top 10. Right, so like the money is not crazy. So it's just like you look at it and like that's what you want to win on a rookie contract and like that would be an option to do so.
0: I was going to say so two things to that point because you were killing it on both things. Because it also led me to another piece of news I just saw recently. I guess Lamar has been telling the Ravens, like, if you want me back, you need to find a way to land D-hop, you know, like literally get get D-hop on this roster and he got a really good shot to get me back here. But again, if you're the Ravens and you don't make that happen, you're like, hey, look, I know what Lamar wants now for sure. I got to get him out of here. That sounds like a very ideal move, because obviously, if you're a Ravens fan, there is not going to be. They understand this, right? I'm talking to Ravens around right now directly. They know there's no direct patching this the day of. Like, even if you get a rich and things look really good that day, it's not going to feel any better. It's not going to feel better than when you had Lamar. Like, I get that. There's no question about it. But at least it seems like best case scenario if y'all lose Lamar. So, hey, we were spitting right here. Like, this was something. That's kind of crazy. I didn't think about this at all until you said it, but.
1: It's just like I could. That's just like a crazy draft day hypothetical. Like, I feel like there's a possibility. I. The possibility is, like, maybe 5%, maybe less. But, like, if you're the Ravens, you have to listen, like, to that at least. But also another thing I was going to say, what is the latest pick that you think Levis slides to? Because I could see him sliding, even though the I think the Levis hype train is picking up again. See, here's what I'll say, bro. Here's what I'll say. I think Peyton Manning
0: did give him a lot of uh, gas when he said he liked him a lot. I- yeah. But... But again, I've said this. there's been so many QBs recently. I don't know. I'm not, I don't even know if I could think of any off the top of my head. But if I do, as I'm saying, as I'm giving my spiel in the future, I'll I'll obviously just stop and I'll say it. But where where guys have been, that have been really good in the pros, that'll be like, this guy's the truth and they don't pan out. Or this guy's the, he's the alpha. They don't pan out for shit. Like, just because you get a Hall of Fame quarterback's recognition and, you know, stamp of approval, that's awesome. It obviously gives you a much better chance to be successful, but it doesn't guarantee anything. So that's why I always, I take all this with a grain of salt. Obviously, he likes his skill set a lot, which means a lot, which is very good. It bodes well for him. But I would say, so where I could see him falling, I think, again, this is me personally. Um, I have never, again, this, because again, this could sound iterative in the future, but again, you know me, I'm an honest guy. Of all the QBs in this year's class that are the, you know, the, the, the like the big guys, the the round one guys, I don't really like Will Evis as much as anyone else. And I think really? that Will Evis could be the guy that very easily we look back on and we're like, yeah, you know, like he had the tools, but there's a lot of things that were kind of showed it wasn't going to work. Yeah. Um, So I could very easily see him. I mean, he he could slip out the first round, like for sure. I feel like I don't yeah. like where everyone's like that's not possible. I'm going to use myself last year's an example where it's kind of like to, where I, if I where I look back at myself when I was being dumb last year, I didn't realize where I was for sure. I was so sold, uh, you know. Malik Willis, Malik Willis is going to be late first round at the at least you know he's going to be yeah. he's a really good talented quarterback and the hype was there. We all thought Malik was going round one, round two. I don't want to say I could see him being the same because I don't think he's going to fall that far. Okay, but I could see it where it's like. You know, I can see for sure the media. Everybody's like, Well, we'll leave us end of day one. Still not, you know, his name hasn't been called. We'll be sitting here tomorrow waiting to see who picks him first. I could totally see that. Like, do you
1: think he has a higher chance of falling or Richardson?
0: Personally, I think him because again, we said like the, the floor with a Rich is kind of like, I at least have
1: a really, really talented athletic guy. I think he has a higher chance of, honestly. Like, I think I think Will Levis would fall more. But I honestly think Anthony Richardson has a higher chance of falling more, uh, because I don't see Will Levis making it past the Vikings
0: in the first round if that, okay. he falls that far. That is a good point, though. That is a, that's probably yes. I would now that you said it though, because that's actually kind of like the team that I missed looking through here. Like yeah, because I think when it gets to those late rounds, it's Bucks and Vikings. It ha- well, that's the thing is though. It's like if he falls past that though, yeah, then.
1: Then I don't know. I have
0: no question. He will fall to the second round. Yeah. There's just no other viable situation here. Literally, not at all. Unless, and again, they would never do this. It'd be the dumbest pick ever, and I would kick their ass for it. Unless the Saints were like, well, you know, we pick Will up here and let him sit behind Derek for three, four years. That's just no. Please don't do that shit. No, don't. Don't Jordan love him so. You know what I mean? Other than that, yeah, it's like, and that, that would be far-fetched as hell. So it's like, that's the only thing that makes any sense, though. It's not yeah. like the Chiefs or the Eagles or anyone's going to take him.
1: Yeah, no, I don't the think so. The Bengals or the Bills. That would be weird. I could, yeah. I. You know what? I mean, I, I don't know if it would be, like, the best, but.
0: <laughs> How? And, uh, no, because maybe the Giants pull the same. Maybe the Giants pull Jordan Love on him, but there would be no point. they just re signed Daniel Jones, but.
1: Oh, bro, that's what I was thinking, like, the Giants getting Anthony Richardson i no, see that. I had this thought today. That would be kind of crazy. So but I just feel like they're in a position where they kind of have to hit on this. Yeah, pick. they do. I because they just they have so many holes in the roster, and they they extended Daniel Jones. But I, I actually saw this today about Stroud. So you know how like uh, the Stroud hype train was like pretty big a couple weeks ago, and it's been kind of like trailing off. Right. Right. So I saw something. I forget who put it out, but it was like a reputable source, um, and they basically said like. Stroud committed to go to, like, the Peyton Man, like, the Manning, like, passing, like, camp or whatever. And the night before he was supposed to go, he, like, ghosted them and never showed up. So, I guess, like, that kind of made its way around. And, like, teams were kind of, like, they, the tweet basically said, like, teams heard about that and got a little bit wary of Stroud. When was he supposed to do this camp? I don't know. I don't know. All I remember, let me, let me try to look it up. But, like. It's crazy because, like, you said, like, Manning gave, like, Levis, like, his stamp of approval, kind of. And it's like Peyton Manning, like, word – Peyton Manning's word goes a long way in the NFL. No, so, yeah. like, that – if you do that, like, teams are going to ask about that.
0: No, yeah. Like, when, well, again, it's a little spoiler if you're watching this before you're watching the uh, player comms video we're going to, you know, make later and post on the YouTube <laughs> and stuff like that. But I think – because, again, it's to that point – Right. And like you're saying, everything where the hype is kind of dying off, I think, and at least from the way I view it with CJ, he very much is one of those guys because like I have I, one of his comps, his hybrid comps is yeah. Gino Smith, where it's like we've seen, Gino. If you If if CJ goes to the wrong situation, like yeah. how Gino did initially, that's what I think CJ will look like. But if you get CJ in the right system right off the bat, like we see how Gino is now. You could get that version of C.J. I, that's why I th- it's like the same exact thing where C.J. has a lot of good things about him, but he's not great enough that if you put him into a bad situation, he's going to be able to figure his way around that. He's just not, it's just not that type of talent the way I see it.
1: Yeah. So this is from Brady Quinn. It says C.J. Stroud made a commitment to the Manning Passing Academy, but the night before he goes to them and didn't show up. When you do that, that's going to set that's going to set up alarms for people. So That's what Stroud said. And someone said Connor Allen NFL. I don't know who he is. He's a betting manager, so this don't really mean much. But Apparently, Stroud bombed the S2 test, and he goes to the Manning Academy, and then he said, hard to coach. I don't know if that's true or not, but it does seem like, for some reason or not, like people are kind of trashing on stroud. Now whether like teams are doing that on purpose to like try to get him to fall, that could be something, but like I'm not seeing those like crazy knocks on like other quarterbacks. I don't know if they don't exist or like what, but it's like Levis like Levis to me is the most like knockable quarterback in the draft. And he doesn't get that. For sure. Because like from what I heard he bombed his he didn't bomb his draft interviews, but I heard he didn't do well.
0: No, I heard that No, I heard he did a lot of the yeah, it just well, and here's what I think is interesting. It's even this is a good little topic right here. And a lot of people would say the term like it just wasn't the right fit. You know, I heard that a lot. Like, yeah. well, it just wasn't the right fit. What I think is, what does that really mean? What he's just not the right. fit. Like, what does that? What does that really mean to me? How that comes across is it comes across? I don't. I didn't view him like emotionally mature enough to be yeah. the guy. Like. That's how I view it because anything else, anything else, what does that mean? If you interviewed him and you had you, you, you already have watched the film. You already know what position he plays. Those two things are already checked out. So if you liked him enough to interview him and then you potentially to put him on the roster, you already knew all that about him. But right. then when you get him in the room, what does the not right fit mean?
1: Right. It has to be something yeah, with I personality. It, it's So it it's just like, I feel like it's got to be something to like a coaching fit, like what you want out of your quarterback you know, no, that no, exactly. Exactly. That's why it's
0: like when you get in the room with him at the least, exactly. At the least, a lot of people went, you know,
1: you really didn't know a lot of things I thought you knew yeah. kind of shit, which is, which is alarming. So uh, another thing, um, what I was seeing with like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, and then we can move on to a different topic is when they were, when these coaches were getting them into these interviews and like asking them certain things, like it, they were just saying like, young seemed a lot more pro ready and like the concepts and like what he ran and like what he can run. So his, he was, it just seemed like he was a lot more knowledgeable in the game.
0: No, well that, and and like I've been saying, that's why I think Bryce has been my guy so long. Yeah. Yeah, And that's, it translates when I say like, Bryce is a magician. Bryce always sees it coming. He's always avoiding this hack. It's not. It's not because he's just a magician. It's because he sees all the things everyone else doesn't see. He yeah. goes, "You think you're going to be able to blitz me off the slot corner? Like, bet, bring it. I'm not going to show you that. He's just going to quietly pick it up. And right when you, right when you're about to be in his shoulder, he's going to step up because he knows you're going to be there. Yeah. That's what. That is the difference. Yeah. You know, people that make magician plays and shit. It's just knowing when to make the right play. Yeah. You know, it. It really is at the end of the day. That's if he was a six four six five player. Bryce Young probably be one of the highest recruited players yeah. I've ever seen in my life. He totally would be. He'd be a Joe Burrow-esque prospect in a second. But that's what's crazy, is that the knock on him is for something he can't control. Meanwhile, all the other QBs with the stuff they literally can't control, no one seems to care about with all
1: the red flags. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it is very weird. Um, but yeah, no, let's move on to the Trey Lance thing. So I was thinking about this a lot Field today. Day. Yeah, it's depending on your opinion of Trey Lance. Like, is it our victory can- lap time? Here's my opinion on it, because I I, listen. I think he needs a change of scenery, but it's like a double-edged sword, right? Because like, you move up, you trade all that to get him to move up to number three. Here's my thing: you trade him away, okay? He becomes a stud, and Brock Purdy just doesn't doesn't keep up what he has been doing you that that's a fireball i was gonna
0: say it's means to literally restart the whole regime like literally being like shanny and uh lynch have got to go and that because that's what's crazy is no niners fan they know no niners fan wants that shit they don't but like but again you are a product of decisions you make and if that's what ended up happening yeah it would literally be no way you they could redeem themselves it's just not possible
1: i just don't know how you get past that Uh, so like what do you think where do you think you can go all right. So I well, okay. I've said this multiple times, but I think the Vikings are like a perfect landing spot for him. It would that would be the perfect landing spot. Yeah. I mean, that would be the perfect
0: one. Cause okay, so here how I look at it is we know, like Tyler used to say, we know that he basically has this minimal experience at the position you could have yeah. to be a professional. I mean, literally, actually, that's almost an understatement. He literally has the minimal experience you could ever any any pro yeah. quarterbacks is going to have playing pro QB. I mean, really. But why is he in that position? He's incredibly uber athletic and he made it count when he had the opportunities he had. He was he was very talented and it showed. So obviously people yeah. want to take a risk on him. But again, he went to the Niners and we were saying then the Niners was the perfect situation for him because for a lot of reasons, the running QB system where they, he makes it work with mobile QBs. You know, Shane, he's going to make it work with very few simple play, like very simple plays, yeah. very one read, two read, three read at most, make it quick, easy for him because he's still transitioning into playing pro QB. That's why I think really throws a fork into the whole, or whatever they say. throws a whatever, whatever. I'm messing up the a thing. fork in
1: the road. Yeah, Yeah,
0: fork in the road. Because it's like he now isn't going to be able to really have that that leverage of, of his coach extremely simplifying the game of offense it's shaney was the one guy that was going to do that for him so it's kind of like how i see it now is if he has to be traded the niners i feel like are at the at the advantage of they probably would be the one winning the trade because i do think brock is probably going to keep developing into a very solid player yeah where he could win them win them games with him to a super bowl kind of player and then i could see trey if you get if he goes to a bad system it doesn't work for him i could see him totally i don't want to say busting out but with the injury history now and everything, I mean, I could see him kind of being an afterthought in a couple of years where you're like, wow, yeah, Trey Lance was really overdrafted. That's why you don't draft the guy that's see, only played. You that's know, however my many concern games with Richardson,
1: though. But I think I know Richardson did, has more experience, but it's my, just...
0: My big difference between the two of them, though, as of right now, is just that A. Rich is... There, there's not really any injury concern. Yeah, any is fair. just not Because Trey Lance was really athletic, but A. Rich is like a different... If if Trey Lance is an A tier of athleticism, a Rich is an S tier of athleticism. You know what I mean? Where it's like at the least, you really this almost I guess it's
1: like elite traits you can't pass up on.
0: Yeah, at the least, because again, this is it's not this is worst case scenario, but it's just how I look at it. At worst case scenario, a Rich is so damn talented, you actually can start playing in a different position. You know, like those guys that start playing receiver or whatever else because they they aren't working at a QB. Yeah. With Trey Lance, there's not even that floor. I don't think Trey Lance if he doesn't work out, Trey Lance just he's just not going to work out anywhere kind of thing. Like,
1: yeah, I, I could see, I would like the Falcons too. I think the Falcons could be a very good spot for him, especially with the weapons they have and like art Smith and like it being a predominantly running offense. Like you, that's, could, you could, you could let him develop for quite a while. Relatively simple offense too, like yeah. QB friendly offense. Yeah. That would, that would be
0: that. And the Vikings have got to be the two premier spots. I feel like, yeah, I just don't, I don't know where else he'd go. Cause that's if, if Cause if like, so if you're saying like, if you went to Tennessee, that would be like where his career would go to die. Like, yeah, for example, if it's that. if he's going to have to carry the entire load, that's 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 kind of like the difference is he's if he's going to yeah. go somewhere where the load is helping boost him, it'll be great. I but if agree. he's going where he's going to have to carry the load, it's just not going to work. Yeah, it's not kind of like CJ Stroud, but obviously not the same type
1: of. Yeah, Stroud but you know has to go to like a system that he can like complement. He can't be the system.
0: No, exactly. Same as Gino. Same as Gino.
1: So Tua talked about retiring just it was like at a press conference or whatever and like it was interesting to hear that but like as like a fan and like watching him and like how he played did you ever consider him even like thinking about retirement like i always thought it could be like a thought in the back of his mind like just from like everyone putting into his head but i don't think i ever truly considered that he would like actually retire
0: no well so no to your point not at all but then The more, especially today, the more I sit here and think about it, he could cash in on that insurance policy. And again, I'm going to be honest with you. From my point of view, Dolphins fans don't want to hear this. I don't want to be saying this. This shit hurts me to even say. But the truth is, if I was him, are you kidding me? I would have retired basically the second that I found out that I had however many concussions in that short of time. I mean, because at the end of the day, I'm big on the whole thing. And this is kind of an unpopular take, per se, especially with the world nowadays. But, you know, everyone has different viewpoints. Everyone has different ways they look at things. I'm big on the whole thing that things, for whatever reason, even though a lot of times you can't even grasp it in the moment, you know, like things you can't grasp, things you will never understand, but things are happening for a reason. And I guess in Tua's case, I almost kind of look at it that it's almost like some way, somehow, you're almost, it's kind of like a message that like maybe you have somewhere else to, like a a better, a different purpose than this, because when that, that, that is very serious stuff that's happening. This is not like some joke. And again, when you take a sample size of all the players in the league that get hit, on a consistent basis, running backs, receivers, guys are taking head-to-head hits every game that aren't reacting the way he's reacting and having the same problems he's having, right? You know what I mean? Where it's kind of like, and he's a quarterback, he's not taking as many hits as other position groups. When you're as young as he is, taking hits the way he is and reacting with, uh, having the serious problems he's having after the hits, I take it as a sign that at the least, you might, my body isn't going to be able to do this long-term, right? Right? Like at the least, that's what it's trying to tell you. Yeah. So that's, it's, and again, that hurts me to say, I don't want to be saying that. It's, it's terrible to say, but I do think especially it's, it's serious stuff. Cause the last thing I would want to be is one of these people. No, don't retire. You have money to make yada, yada, yeah. yada, all this superficial stuff that really doesn't matter at the end of the day. That doesn't all this, all the extra stuff that people are putting in your head. And then you get one more concussion and things are never the same for you. That's the, I don't, the, I would much rather be on the side of the spectrum that you have, you have to take care of yourself and. Literally, just taking care of yourself is the most important thing than on the side of the spectrum of, oh, don't, you know, you're a professional. You know, this is what we, this is what you deal with, et cetera, et cetera. Cause that's a much more dangerous side. I'm on the side of Tua should be protecting himself. Tua, obviously, I trust what he's going to do. I trust that if he's going to keep playing, that it's the right thing for him. But from my perspective, bro, it's going, I personally would not be going back in there. Absolutely not. Yeah. I I I don't care about the money that I haven't made, all the things. Things will figure themselves out as far as that's
1: concerned. Coaching, g- media gig, whatever. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. It, yeah, it's definitely like a, it's a scary thing, especially with you see everything with like CTE, um, and like having all those concussions. Like my number one thing is a, uh, as a franchise at that point is like, if this guy's gonna do that, you you need to protect him. And I'm not saying it's all like the offensive lines fault and all that stuff like that. But it's just, like, kind of, like, remember when Mahomes lost the Super Bowl and their first thing was, like, we need to get a line. Right. Like, Andrew Luck retired because he was getting hit, like, so much. Like, the quarterback position is so important, but it's also so crucial that, like, that's why, like, the offensive line is so important. Because when you build, a, like, it's hard to say. Like, you know, they always say build from the trenches, but, like, would you, like you have to build. I, in my opinion, you have to build your offensive line first. Yeah, like your offensive line has to be the number one like area of like focus on your team when you're building like a Super Bowl. No,
0: truly elite. When, when franchises go through truly elite stretches, that's the one position group that no one is ever going to question. I no. mean, think about it. When the Steelers went through their elite times, Patriots going through elite times when the Packers were really good for. I mean, the Packers still, you know, were up until ARI is leaving. But you get my point. It's you're never that is never the group in question. Why? Why? It's obvious, like you're saying, because that is the most important group. It just is. Yeah. It, there's no question about it. If you when you watch football for like a long period of time, it just is what it is. The o line is what holds together your most important asset. Yeah. Therefore, it makes them the second most important asset.
1: You know. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a question for you. So, Will Anderson, let's say Will Anderson goes to to the Texans. Do you think Tyree Wilson goes first, or do you think Jalen Carter goes first after?
0: Well. Again, so, that you're, so this, is, this isn't this is about what I what I would do. This is about what I think. I'm not going to lie. I can see a lot of teams being really concerned about Jalen Carter, but I don't know if I can see a lot of teams feeling like Tyree is worth, per se, reaching on over yeah. him. Because, again, with Jalen, it's one of those things where if he can even just be... I'm trying to think of the right word here. But, like, because I think he's going to be uh, be a good player, good citizen, all that. But I'm in terms of, like, if he's even just half you know paying like what's the word here i guess i'm I'm struggling to come with the vocabulary but it's like even if he's just i'm not having the vocab bro my vocab's slacking (laughs) but the point is is if he even he's just not a total jackass right because everyone has this impression that you know he's gonna be so bad off all this now all this he's gonna be so bad off the field even if he's just where you know i'm saying where he he, he, i don't think he'd be like that all but the point is he is so talented himself if he's just showing up to work every day and actually and he's not on bullshit he there is literally no chance that he's not going to be an elite prospect whereas on the other hand Tyree I feel good about there's a lot of things we like about him but there's also some things we don't like about certain measurements yada 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 so I don't know I just feel like Jalen's the more foolproof guy for sure you know me I'm taking Jalen 10 out of 10 times I can certainly see some GMs, though, that are much more personality trade driven being like, hey, I know what I'm getting with Tyree as far as that's concerned. And I'm going to take that plus his long ceiling. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I feel you. I I feel like um, Wilson's um, like stock has gone up the last like week or so. That's the craziest thing is like how much these players stocks. Rise and fall within like the last like month before the draft. Like it's truly crazy how like players can like rise and fall by so much. Like someone I can't remember who said it, but it was pretty much along the lines of like this is the only time of the year where like players get so much better when they're not playing.
0: No, yeah. Well, I'll use last last year's example again. Not that I didn't like him. He was a top ten prospect for me. But Trayvon Walker going number one overall. I mean, that I guess, was so. Uh, I'm sure Jags fans, you know, don't hate it or whatever. But let's be honest here, Jags fans. You know, come on. Aiden know, Hutchinson was was he the guy number one? No. But here's what happened. What happens? Is, it always happens. Is you get everybody talking and they're hype. Like like we're saying, everyone's hype. They're really excited for the draft. So what's happened? People start going through say too many hypotheticals. People start going through things that don't even really matter. You start overthinking things that don't matter. You start. You know, and like because like people always say, like every smart GM I like listening to always says tape has got to be first tape is first by a yeah. long shot. And then measurables are second. Measurables are very important. But will you know what you're getting at the end of the day from what you're seeing on the tape? If the measurables can coincide with the super high ceiling, then boom, then you got a first round prospect. Right. That's the whole thing. But at the least, even if someone doesn't have desirable measurables, it's like the guys we see every year that go fourth, to sixth round, they end up going in the league and going crazy. It's because we. Are, that's why they got drafted. You at least knew what you're getting as as far as what I'm going to see when they're playing. Even if the even if they don't hit the ceiling, I know what the floor of what I'm going to get. Right. That's kind of the thing. Like, in this
1: case, so I don't know. But so what is your like? We could kind of cap it off here because there's really not much to talk about that we, hasn't already been talked about for the last two months. It's. I feel like we did the mock draft and like we kind of not not much has changed. There's been some risers and fallers, but nothing too crazy. So I guess like what is kind of your like biggest like? Okay, so first off, we're going to the draft, so I'm like super excited to go see it because I hey, think, we haven't even told we haven't yeah, told yeah. The, the you know we haven't told the viewers yet, but yeah, like we got some content
0: coming for y'all. We yeah, got some draft live coming. Yeah, Stay we're tuned.
1: we're hype. But I think it's like. I think the biggest reason I'm excited is because this year truly feels unpredictable. Like yes. after the first pick, like you truly don't know how the how the first round is going to go. Everything about the draft is confusing. Everything. It and never like, is like that. I've heard it's like just from like everything I've been listening to is like obviously like they say this every year, but like there's only about 10 to 15 like first round grades that teams have on these guys, but what they're saying is like what I was hearing, at least like from PFF and like uh, this NFL Stock Exchange uh, podcast, is they were saying that the draft is really deep. So like you can have like second round grades going like deeper into the third round, which I think is awesome. But what is like kind of the thing that you're most looking forward to from the draft, and like kind of one thing that you think could be like the most surprising, just to end the pod?
0: All right. So the thing I think could be most surprising. It's going to be a minute to think here. I but Actually, I'll tell you what, because I've been thinking about this a lot. What I think is going to be surprising is when, because I don't know if it's going to happen like this, but I could totally see a very high contender, per se, trading up. Yeah. And then everyone's like, what's going on? What's happened? What's happened? Bijan Robinson. Boom. Yeah. Because, again, I think he's one of those guys where even like, you know, we had a meeting uh, like me, when me and of did our mic last week. Again, that's. That's also the result of when people are trading off picks. It makes it a lot harder. You don't necessarily yeah. some things, but Bijan falling to thirty, like that's not going to happen because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just too far. Somebody at the like, to my point, once he falls past a certain point, there's going to be a team that's that's ready that that already you know should have won the Super Bowl. It's going to be like, man, get that guy on my roster. Whatever you got to yeah. do, you know, find a way to get me up there. I don't care about losing capital that doesn't affect us this year. Yeah. Get me up there. Let's get a shot with the future All Pro running back. That's going to be something really interesting because I think a lot of people have them actually like really weird spots. I think it's going to be either like the Bengals, the Bills, yeah. the Chiefs, someone at the Eagles. Someone's going to trade up that already thinks that they have a shot to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't think someone's just going to. We saw it one with all the other running back prospects that yeah. get selected that are they're ceiling so high that goes to a team
1: that isn't ready to compete. It just doesn't work. I waste an asset. It just, it's just it doesn't not good for anybody. Yeah, if he doesn't if he doesn't go to like the Falcons at eight or like the Eagles at ten. I don't think he really gets. There's not another chance he gets taken until like twenty one to the Chargers, in my opinion. So I pers- yeah. I don't think he'll go to the Chargers, which would be kind of crazy, and like that means Eckler's gone. But I mean, beyond if he doesn't get taken by ten to the Eagles, he's gonna fall to the twenties. Um, that yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I I like that. It's I I think the biggest thing too in this draft is I don't necessarily think. That all these players, because like you, when you see these mocks, like a lot of these players get mocked to the same place. The one thing I will say about this draft is I truly feel like a lot of players are going to go not to places you wouldn't expect, but like I think a lot of people have an idea of how this draft's going to go. And it's like, I just have a feeling that it's not. Like, I have a feeling this draft is going to be truly like random, like random.
0: Right. Like, and I can say, like, a player, so like to that point, random. So someone else I could see where they could go way earlier than everyone thinks. Because, again, we he's been a very highly rated prospect for so long. But the injury history, all those things about him that are concerning. Yeah. I think a guy I could see really like where, where you're like, what? Like, I'm trying to think of what, what range you could see him in. Maybe anywhere from like 12 to eight or seven, but, like, Jackson Smith and Jigba, yeah. where teams are just like, give me him. Like, everyone can't talk – you know, everyone who – there's all pros that have been playing with him and stuff that have already come to the league that are balling. Like, they can't just be saying this stuff for no reason. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take my shot on that talent, like, with what I know that I would have had if I drafted him last year.
1: The other guy, uh, the other group is the tight end group. The tight end group is really up in the air. I got Kincaid. Yeah, I, you got you got Kincaid, you have Mayer, you have Laporta. Um, Who is the – Zach uh Zach Koontz like i don't think he'll go first round but yeah no that, i they the the tight end class is so strong but like all these guys have like different strengths and weaknesses that it's like you truly don't know like where these guys are gonna go but i i think this draft is gonna be a great one i'm super super excited because like i said you have those teams like the Raiders and the Seahawks that are just kind of wild cards no yeah it th- i think this is yeah and like you said there's never been a weirder year
0: I've been paying attention to the draft, right? Cause I, I haven't actually been really paying attention to the draft for anything more than like six, seven years now, like really into it. So yeah. Where it's like, I mean, this is never, I've never have been no. seeing it like this. I'll tell you that. But awesome. That's all I had. No. Yeah. That's about all I had, but hopefully you guys had a lot of fun. Like I said, you know, I think we, I think we hit on the point. There's yeah. a lot of fun draft stuff going on, you know, draft coming up in two weeks. We're excited. We're going to have a lot of content for you guys live. Hopefully you enjoyed tuning in, man. Thanks so much for, uh, you know, spending, uh, Whether it was your morning, evening, or whatever, thanks for spending that time with us.